Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But The Secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517. gentlemen live from the west coast it's time for ring talk live world one your inside look into combat sports so let it be written so let it be done brought to you by the wbo the world boxing organization pull up some dust and sit down and now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history i am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior i engaged in Pedro Fernandez. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Thomas Caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Yes, the man was correct in that lofty introduction, as my name is Pedro Fernandez. At least that's what it says on my driver's license. Of course, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35, make that 36 plus years now. Often imitated but never duplicated. Straight up, we're talking combat sports. I mean, MMA and boxing for the next two hours live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, and like a thousand other platforms. Straight up, this is your inside look into the world of boxing and MMA. The Godfather, the retired HBO Godfather, Mr. Larry Merchant will join me in a few minutes. Of course, I'm going to get on Larry as far as history is concerned and maybe just open up some of that mind to his. I mean, he's got so much wisdom and so much knowledge. I throw darts at him. They're like they're questions, but I throw them like, like it darts at him. And he just comes back with responses. So the Godfather's in rare form as he is always. And he will be here in a few minutes. Of course, I'm talking about the great Larry Merchant. Open phone lines all around the planet. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. And of course, there's also the guilt-free, no-commitment text line. The number, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. We are live on the Sports Byline USA channel, of course, on Twitch.tv. That's Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline channel. Of course, we're going live. And after this break, I will take my face off the TV channel and put on Ali Frazier 3 for this first hour. That will be the televised portion of Ring Talk Live Worldwide today. So if you like to watch Ali Frazier 3 at the same time, the thrill in Manila, and listen to the show, you can by going to twitch.tv and the Sports Byline USA channel. Scott Cuddy is the producer. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Decision now. Let's listen. 
clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right. The World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin. UVB rays burn. And both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt, call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have debt destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. You can live stress-free and debt-free. Credit cards, medical bills, IRS tax problems, even student loan debt. Learn about free programs offered by the credit card companies, hospitals, and even the government that can help slash your debt. Call the Debt Destroyer now for free information. Call now. 877-360-0402-877-360-0402-877-360-0402. That's 877-360-0402. Now more of Ring Talk. With Pedro Fernandez. You know, I'm just excited. Uh, just excited to be back. I wish we could do a fight every night. You know me, Pedro. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Check it. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Time to bring in the HBO, the retired HBO godfather himself. We'll talk about Mr. Larry Merchant. A Larry, very good Sunday morning to you, sir. Same to you, Pedro, and all your listeners. Okay, and I, I'm going to play some controversial audio here in a couple of minutes about Muhammad Ali back in 1964. And somebody said to me, he's just out of his mind. He's racist. He's, he's racist against white people and all that kind of good stuff. Roll that tape, Cuddy. You look so... I, well, I don't like his arrogance. I think... You don't like... That, no, That's because... 
No, it, no, no, sir. No. You look like a nigga talking like this. The white people. Oh, I bet. Listen, I, I beg your pardon. No, no, no. I don't want to. Black people don't cut up what you're saying. You can make white people know. Listen, woman, everybody black watching this show knows why you don't like the way I talk. You don't like a nigga talking to you like this. Niggas never done that oh, like this. Sir, before. I beg you. I know what I it is. Don't tell you. me what you don't I like. I beg you. You don't I'm know who you're talking you to. I'm telling you what I don't like. You know, I don't care what you don't like. Just buy a ticket and see me get my butt whooped. No, no. Listen, okay. I'm in a minority in this country here. Well, I'm, from, minority, I'm from England. Uh, and oh, I'm you're a minority. You're from England. You're on England and America. You white. You can go anywhere in this city you want to go. Are you from England? You're more free than me. You from England. Didn't you say you're a minority? You know you can go to towns, move in neighborhoods. You can buy things over. You can open a business downtown Chicago and do business, and I can't do it. But you from England. Now, you got some nerve to come over and be mad at me because I'm proud and I want to fight and be confident and get my people to be proud and fight and do. We the minority, too. We've been in minority for 400 years, and you freer than me, and you from England. You are freer than me, and everybody knows you. How many of you white people here truly believe that she's not as free as me or any black man? She can open up a shop downtown. He can't even rent a store. You can. Don't compare yourself with no black man. She's a woman, though. Which, which Whatever she is, she's a white woman, and she's in a white society. I'm, I'm not getting on that. The woman is more free of all black people in Chicago. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I know about it. You're a hypocrite. You say you think she ain't. What's the point you want? Larry, I think the funniest thing in that whole thing there, the only comedy was when the woman from England says she was a minority. I started chuckling. Well, she was a an immigrant, so maybe she felt that she was in a strange country. And uh, certainly being confronted by uh, Ali, who was ahead of his time in using the media to talk about racism at a time when it was very rarely spoken like that. You know, it, it, it's funny. I, I remember the, not it's not funny, but I remember my memory serves me correctly. He and Jim Brown and a whole bunch of black athletes got together. And when they started to take away the championship, or they threatened to take away the championship from Muhammad Ali back in 1967 or 68. And these black athletes came together. Bill Russell was one of them. I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was another. And Jim Brown, of course, Jim Brown. Right. Was that was the group. Yeah, that was the group. They, they how can I put this? They were, I don't see those type of athletes today. In other words, we've got things going on here in this country, and you've got athletes that re refuse to speak up. I mean, Mike Trout says he won't play maybe because of baseball, because of the coronavirus, but as far as social issues... Please, please Pedro, there are more black athletes speaking up, kneeling, standing up, putting slogans on their jerseys that reflect the common mood than ever before. I don't know what you're talking about. What? Now, there, there may not be an Ali because Ali was one of a kind okay. at that time. Uh, but I disagree with you. I, okay. I mean, um, they'll, they're... Uh, United in some way doesn't mean every black athlete has to make political statements. Um, 
but uh, I, what I gather is that uh, there will be plenty of them who are making statements, uh, and it's a different world than, than the world of Ali. That's more than half a century ago. Good point, good point. Um, are you surprised? Were, were you like in shock? I was when when I found out that 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 uh, that Portland was being invaded by guys without uniforms and all that kind of good stuff, and they were taking prisoners off the street. I mean, this is America, isn't it? Night two thousand twenty. Well, either we're finding out that America isn't the place we thought it was, um, or we're having a moment in history and in time. Uh, when we're in a great change, but although there had been the, uh, demonstrations in Portland, mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't read about uh, many uh, uh, physical confrontations with the police or or uh, robbery stuff. So I was in full shock. It, if it's going on for five or six weeks, where they were having um, unrest, yeah, I don't know if it's unrest or if it's just uh, mostly young people uh, protesting, um, and all of a sudden these official thugs move in and uh, start harassing everybody. The mayor of Portland was upset. She didn't have any control over the situation. The governor of Oregon was upset. Nobody told them this was happening. That's scary. That is really scary. And I I was with some people and... um, the other night, uh, a couple of friends who came over for dinner, and we talked about it, and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm already thinking of where can I go if Trump gets reelected? <laughs> you know, what, what, what country, what world? Because uh, what he's doing to uh, not even obeying the Supreme Court on some matters and so forth, you know, this is not the country I thought I was grow, growing old in. You know, I, I got a question for you. You served on some military bases that were named after some uh, osp- uh, infamous characters in your time. Should military bases? Should, should, I mean, I don't. Why are we carrying Confederate names of people that tried to destroy the democracy? Why are we even heralding those people? Why are there still military bases named after these folks? I don't get it. Didn't you tell me you were at one of them? Yeah, I was at was then was then called Camp Gordon, Georgia, near Augusta. I didn't know who Gordon was. I wasn't curious enough to find out who Gordon was. But uh, during recent times, as uh, we've had some revelations about uh, the past, uh, I read that he was the head of the. the he was an army. General who was the head of the KKK in Georgia. Wonderful. Wow, what a guy to celebrate! <laughs> and, no um, uh, 
But I didn't know about that, just as I didn't know about the riots in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, decades before I arrived there for a job. And just as I didn't know that Oklahoma had the, the, the Tulsa, Tulsa massacre yep. um, that was hidden from school children and never put into school books and so on. Uh, so I guess if you, if you go south, um, you're gonna, the history will be somewhere in, in, in the ground. Good point. Godfather, say hello to the Godmama. Enjoy your Sunday. I love you. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you, Pedro. The great Larry Merchant, exclusively appearing on Ring Talk Live Worldwide Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here on Sports Byline, Sirius XM Satellite 211, of course, iHeartRadio. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how Simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call. That's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. Here's a great way to save money on your prescription medications. If you take Viagra or Cialis, we can give you a way to pay as little as $2 a pill. Compare that to prices as high as $60 per tablet. These pills work for men and women to improve their sexual performance. And now for the price of two or three pills, you can get nearly 100. There's no need to pay expensive prices for Viagra or Cialis. Call now with your prescription and pay as little as $2 a pill. We offer 24-7 service and always free delivery and confidential packaging. Change your life for the better and have fun. Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping. 800-709-4409. That's 800-709-4409. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your 
your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. So I thank, I thank all of you who made this possible this evening. All of the effort that you made and all of the people whose names I haven't mentioned, but who made all, did all of the work at the precinct level, who got out the vote, who did all of the effort, uh, brought forth all of the effort that's required. I was a campaign manager eight years ago. I know what a difference that kind of an effort and that kind of commitment makes. So I thank all of you. Mayor, Mayor Yorty has just sent me a message that we've been here too long already. So uh, my thanks to all of you, and now it's on to Chicago, and let's win there. Talk about Time Tunnel, June 5th, 1968. Bobby Kennedy accepting the California... Uh, primary victory in the Democratic uh, run for nomination, of course, for the presidency. He would be shot like less than 10 minutes later, and of course, that would be the end of the Kennedy dynasty, the Kennedy era, per se. But the bottom line is, in hour number two, I was invited to do a uh, thousandth show of Black Op Radio, which is like the leading JFK show. They've been doing this like 20 years on the air. It comes to us from Vancouver, B.C. It's Thursday nights. It's hosted by Len Osanic, and Len's like a just really a nice guy. Anyway, we put together a show of uh, his thousand show, like all these different guests he's had over the years, and I'm one of them. And it was an 11-minute piece, and we'll run that in hour number two. In fact, I've edited out one of the S-bombs that I put in there, but outside of that, it's going to be pretty good. And it's a little bit informative, so it, it, listen, and I think you'll learn something. You are tuned, I, I hope you will. Anyway, you're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, boxing coming alive, baby, and my man, i got a poster of him on the wall behind me, but you can't see it, of course, because we're watching the Ali Frazier 3 fight the thrill in manila live on twitch.tv i'm talking about the sports byline usa channel but tuesday my man oscar valdez returning to action of course the 2012 olympic gold medal wasn't 2012 olympic gold medals yeah 27 and 0 21 kills of course bad dude no doubt about it former wbo featherweight champion taking on jason velez velez comes in at 29 and 6 with a draw and uh, i think a, no, 21 knockouts. So he's a decent fighter. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he can punch, but is he up to this kid's level? I mean, this kid, Oscar Valdez, looks like he might be the real deal. But I've always had problems with the guys that move up in weight without, like, like without declaring dominancy. I mean, in other words, when I left 139 pounds to go to 147 pounds, which was unsuccessful, okay, when I moved up to welterweight, it, it was for a reason. In other words, I was kept trying to capture another title, another weight division. These guys are just capturing, move, I, plus I was having problems with weight. But these guys are just moving up to move up because they don't want to settle the score at 126 or at 122. I mean, Emmanuel Navarrete, my best pound-for-pound boxer in all of Mexico, 37 and 127 KOs. Um, of course, the guy that dogged Isaac Dogba, not once but twice, of course, beat the snot out of him in uh, December 2018. Everybody laughed at me when I said he would win that fight. Dogba was at the WBO convention a couple of months earlier in Panama when we honored Roberto Duran that night. 
But I said to him, you know, the guy is here and he's fighting in four or five weeks. That just ain't cool. You don't do that, man. Forget the convention. You know what? Send them a Zoom or send them a Facebook or send them a FaceTime. But the bottom line is you needed to stay in camp. But Dogville got lit up like a White House Christmas tree. So I guess if he really trained hard, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But then, of course, they had the rematch. And Dogbo got dogged for like 11 and a half rounds, got stopped in the 12th round. That was in May of 2019. He hasn't fought since. Of course, he's going to come back uh, pretty soon. But I got to tell you, when I look at what Emmanuel Neferete has done at 122 pounds, it's phenomenal. But the fact that he wants to move up to 126 without taking care of business at 122, I got problems with that. I really got problems with that. Because I tell you, those, this, is where, this is where great fighters are made. This is where great fighters are made. They're made in unification matches. When you, you know, when you get guys that are the two best at each weight, you don't have guys abandoning weights and going other places. It just doesn't work that way, okay? And Navarrete, as I said, that outstanding record, but there are other guys. There's Ray Vargas. Vargas is like 34 and zip. Come to us from another Mexican fighter. Of course, Dogbo. Eh, not a big Dogbo fan, but Dogbo's record now is 20 and 2. He's going to come back pretty soon. Um, but when you go down the list, they don't even list Navarrete at 122 anymore. It's like 126. So I guess he's dev- definitely moved up to 126 pounds, which means he was scared of Ray Vargas. Plain and simple, I don't care what you say, Mexican warrior or whatever he was, the heir apparent to Canelo, the best fighter in all of Mexico, just show me he has the intestinal fortitude and he has the, the stone, he has stones uh, akin to a hamster. He just does. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff he could have done here at 122. There's decent fighters at 122 could have fought. But the real fight he should have fought was, was, his, was Ray Vargas. And I'm talking about R-E-Y, Ray Vargas. Ray can crack, no doubt about that. Ray can really, really crack. And, of course, the best fighter at 122 now is Ray Vargas. Or was he before? And is that why Dogbo left? I mean, is that why Valenzuela left? Anyway, at the end of the day, uh, I'm not too happy about that. But what can you do? You know, fighters are going to... Fighters are going to do what they want to do. And as far as being scared of people, people say, you know, he's not really scared of them. Then why did he move up? They could have made some big money at 122 in this unification match. They could have done it. I mean, nobody wants to watch fighters fight pedestrian fights. Felix Verdejo, the lightweight contender out of Puerto Rico, once considered the heir apparent to people like Wilfred Benitez and and Felix Trinidad. He won on a first-round knockout the other night. Big deal. I mean, it was like... You know, and the guy was 15-0 coming in, but the guy couldn't lick a stamp if he wet his tongue. And then there was another first-round knockout on that one. In other words, they're throwing nothing but boxing exhibitions on television. And boxing exhibitions do nothing for, for I mean, they do nothing for me. You're not going to get me to watch them once I realize, hey, you know, we're looking at a, at a, a, a work fight. I don't watch work fights. There's no, unless I want to watch a fighter develop himself. In other words, if i got some young prospect that maybe is, is moving up the ladder. Yeah, I'll watch him in a de- 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 developmental fight. But I don't want to see rent contenders in developmental fights. That's just the way it ain't going to go. So Tuesday night, uh, Isaac Dogbo's going to be on that same card. Of course, I don't know what he wants to do as far as coming back is concerned, but I think he's sort of toast. But, you know, people say that he's only he's 20-2. and two. He's only lost two fights, Pedro, but those two fights he lost, both in Navarrete, his last two fights, and he lost them going away. I mean, going away. But Isaac Dogbo, mm, not a big do- I, I love the name because you can dog him. I mean, easy to dog. He's taking on Chris Avalos. That's going to be on the same card, of course, Tuesday night. Uh, in ESPN, they're calling this the bubble from the MGM Grand. Of course, the studio where they're holding this these boxing cards. Of course, it's been pretty successful thus far. Guys have not gotten sick. I think the studio fights are the future. In fact, the pound for pound king of pay per view, or the alleged pound for pound king of pay per view. I don't know if he's if there is a king king of pay per view anymore. But the guy that was making all the mo- the most money signed that three hundred fifty million dollar contract. <coughs> Canelo Alvarez says he's he's willing to fight for less money. <laughs> 
my heart's broken. Yeah, instead of 35 million, he's probably going to fight for a little bit less. Of course, he's going to fight some guy named of Jason Quigley. He's like he's got some mediocre record. So what am I going to try to tell you is he wants to mark time. He wants to fight a nobody. I just don't get why guys are fighting nobodies because they don't get live gates. Oh, well, there's no live gate involved. So that means promoters got to take less and the fighters got to take a less. That's all. This is, a neg- this, is, this is simple numbers. This isn't like rocket science, okay? If there's, ten, if, there's, if there's $10 on the table instead of $17 on the table, guess what? We're going to have to work with that 10 bucks. That means that the promoter's going to have to take less, the fighter's going to have to take less, the TV network's going to have to work things out, the hotels, if the hotel's paying a side fee, they're going to have to work things out. Nobody's paying full dollar right now. Nobody's paying full dollar, and that's what I think a lot of fighters don't understand. I'm talking about Ryan Garcia, of course, the phenom, 21-0 out of Southern California. My guy, I mean, handsome, beautiful as far as his looks are concerned. Again, got a left hook that's like the best left hook I've seen in a long, long time. He just knocks people out with one shot. You saw in that last fight when he reduced that Nicaraguan to boxing rubble in, like, in one round. So he's an amazing fighter. But people say to me, you know, King Ryan, Ryan Garcia. Well, you got Gervonta Davis at 135. You got Teofimo Lopez at 135, of course. And he's talking about, fight, uh, talking about fighting Vasilo Menchenko. They were originally set, scheduled to go in July and May. Mm. And, of course, that guy got, fight got put off because of the coronavirus. Now they're talking about October. Now, listen, Hector Martinez has issued this challenge to me. And he doesn't give odds, which sort of ticks me off because, you know, he gets these prohibitive favorites and he doesn't want to give odds. But, but I am willing to bet him that Teofimo Lopez is going to beat the Solomonchenko. Now, I haven't been wrong in a bet in a long, long time, and I've never been wrong on the air as far as, like, remember I used to use that bet where, where I said I'd eat an 8 by 10 inch piece of paper on the air if I was wrong? Well, I never, ever, ever, in 35, make that 36 plus years now, have ever had to eat that paper. I came close a couple of times. I remember I think that Jeannie, whatever her name was, when she called the Holyfield uh, uh, Riddick Bow fight or one of those fights. She called it a draw. She had a bad scorecard anyway. She saved me from eating an 8-by-10-inch eight, eight piece of paper on the air because they called it a draw instead of uh, the right fighter winning. But at the end of the day, I've never had to eat that 8-by-10-inch piece of paper. A couple of times it came real close, but in 36 years, I haven't, eat, haven't had to eat the paper yet. So the UFC, we'll get to that after the break. Of course, UFC rocking and rolling from, of all places, Dubai. And if you ever want to go someplace in the world, don't go to Dubai. I've been to 34 countries. It was a piss hole. I wouldn't want to go back there for nothing. All you do is sweat. they got nothing but women on the street. It's like this. The women in Dubai are two ways. Either they wear the burqas and they're, you know, from there, or they're hookers. That's it. There's no in-between. Take them back. There is an in-between. The hotel employs the Filipinos. But outside of that, it's hookers and burqas. That's all you see in Dubai. As far as the burqas are concerned in, in Dubai, the foxy girls got... Victoria's Secrets burkas. I kid you not. They're like they're like sexy burkas, but the rest of them just got those masks on. Of course, masks now universal here in the United States. Masks universal here in the United States, and masks aren't a bad thing for a lot of people. Believe me, and I'm not just talking health wise. I'm talking cosmetically. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Open phone lines around the planet as we bring in, of course, the trumpet of Mr. Greg Adams in Tower of Power in 1972. You are still a young man. Man, seems like this seems like yesterday, doesn't it? Tower of Power, rocking and rolling, got a couple of new albums out in the last couple of years. You can check out all the work from Emilio Castillo and his gang at TowerofPower.com. Check them out, TowerofPower.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. 
Hour number two, we're going to touch on a whole lot of subjects. Of course, this is a two-hour show today. This is 11 a.m. Pacific time for two hours, live on the Sports Byline Radio Network, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, 211. Of course, of course, iHeartRadio. Straight up, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Coming to you from iTunes and, of course, the Anchor Podcast. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right, the World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Tired of the same old hat? CoverageGear.com is the top destination to find the hats and gear you need to represent your favorite pro teams and players. Head to CoverageGear.com with the promo code RADIO and grab a cap with the iconic jersey number of the all-time greats and current stars from the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more. These classic hats come in the font and style of the superstars team. So with the number 30 from Golden State, number 2 from the Yankees, number 23 from the Bulls, or a number 12 from the Packers, CoverageGear.com will help you honor the legends of yesterday and today. Check out our collection of dad hats, trucker caps, beanies, stickers, and more. Use promo code RADIO and get 20% off. That's promo code RADIO at CoverageGear.com. CoverageGear.com. We've got you covered. Hello and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week, and I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now and tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-715-5721. That's 855-715-5721. Between jobs, retiring, or just need health or life insurance, please visit myhealth-quotes.com or call 833-687-5261. Before you try to get a quote online, call us. We will provide you with the information most sites will not. We teach you exactly what life or health insurance plan you qualify for, how to use your plan, and maximize your benefits. We provide you with the information to make a knowledge-based decision to ensure selecting the right plan. Myhealth-quotes.com to Schedule an appointment. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. And all these fighters that, that are, you know, they share in the revenue. 
They do share in the revenue. They have an, a, 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 they have the upside in the pay per view. You know. Why I get up? Why I get up? You don't believe that, do you? And the fighter, all the fighters share in the revenue. Jorge Masvidal, of course, got 500 grand for selling out Madison Square Garden. Uh, that was a $7 million gate. He got $500,000 for that. And, of course, the money he got on pay-per-view, he didn't get any of that. Of course, that's when he beat Nate Diaz. A fortnight ago, of course, he took on Kamir Usman at the last minute for the World Welterweight Championship, or at least the USC uh, Welterweight 170-pound championship. Usman, a once-beaten fighter coming in. Uh, excellent fighter. Stand-on, but a great, great wrestler, a college wrestler with a pedigree. No doubt about, no doubt about that. But he and Mastodon would go five rounds because, you know, Mastodon probably came in uh, a little bit unprepared. I mean, he signed the fight, signed for the fight like six days before. He was 193 pounds. They showed a picture of him on a scale somewhere at 193 pounds, and somehow he made 170 pounds. Yikes. 170 pounds. Yikes. Six days later. How do you lose 23 pounds and then go on to fight five rounds? Oh, God. Five, five-minute rounds. So hats off to Jorge Mastodon. I mean, he's got intestinal fortitude like nobody can doubt. Now 35 and what, 13 and came in at 35 and 12. Not the greatest record, but I told you how he made his bones. He made his bones in, in the backyard with Kimbo Slice down there in Florida, learning how to fight in backyards on YouTube. I mean, that's where he, that's where he broke his bones. So this has all sort of been on-the-job training, per se, as he's moved up in class and beaten fighters that people think he shouldn't have beat. Of course, he and Usman, Usman was probably going to beat him. I mean, maybe with a full camp he was going to beat him, but on short notice, there was no doubt about it, Usman was going to beat him. As far as the UFC schedule is concerned, it sort of sucks. It just does. If you're a fight fan, I guess, and you've got ESPN, you've got another fight card coming up on the 26th. Um, Darren Till is going to be on that card. Then you've got a fight card coming to you from Las Vegas on the 1st. Of course, that's from the USC Apex. They call it the Apex Center. In the main event, Holly Holm, the former world Bantamweight champion, <clears throat> the girl that Lick Ronda Rousey pretty easily, and of course Ronda didn't waste. She didn't stick around for the, the rematch. She took that fight with Misha Tate instead because she was talking smack, and her and her manager thought they were they were gonna outdo, out negotiate, and out talk Dana White and that kind of stuff. That time Dana won. Anyway, Holly Holm got beat by Misha Tate, and of course Misha Tate got beat by Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes ended up destroying Ronda Rousey, and of course Ronda Rousey retired, went off to the world of wrestling entertainment. Now she's done with that, and she's burning kayfabe up all over the internet with her little Facebook posts and this and that, talking about fake fights and this kind of stuff. You know, listen, babe, you enjoyed the money. You know, you enjoyed the money. You made a good amount of money doing that, more money than any of the girls that were making you look good, because that's what professional wrestling's about. It's not like who can wrestle and who can't. It's who can make you look good. In other words, when you get in there, Ronda had no, no real experience wrestling. Okay, as far as professional wrestling is concerned, the other girls, the other girls make you look good. I mean, I just, I, how can I put it to you? It takes two people to dance. It's sort of like a dance. If you don't have a perfect dance partner, you're in trouble. So Holly Holm, former world boxing champion. In fact, I got a picture of me up on uh, my Facebook page, Pedro Pete Fernandez, and of course that's Ring Talk as well. And of me doing a Holly Holm fight, I was at the Aleta Casino, I think, in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, back in the day when she was the women's world boxing champion. That was long before you, she delved into the world of MMA. Of course, her world was all about Ronda Rousey. I mean, Holly Holm trained to beat Ronda Rousey. After that, she just sort of like fell apart. She lost a lot of fights. And I mean, she's trying to come back. I think she's got one big win now. <clears throat> Uh, behind her, or one or two wins behind her, but straight up, I think Holly should give it up. She's 37 years old. I mean, you're a woman taking punches at 37 years old. Man, give it up. Heavyweight Championship of the World going down August the 15th. Am I excited? 
No, but Daniel Cormier is excited, of course, going to challenge for the championship against Stipe Miocic, the man that took the championship from him, that he took the championship from originally. Of course, this is their third fight. Is it a third fight like Ali Frazier? Like, man, no, no, no. This is a third. This is going to be a third fight sort of like, like Duran and Leonard. Duran and Leonard really sucked. That third fight was really, really bad. Of course, December 7th, 1989. 39 degrees outdoors in Las Vegas. The Mirage Hotel sold it out. Of course, that was the grand opening of the Mirage Hotel. So they decided they were going to put it outdoors. So somehow they got 15,000 people, and I was one of them to stand out. They gave me a press pass. I didn't have to buy a ticket. But uh, I was one of those people that stood outside. I couldn't believe how cold it was. I I was freezing. 39 degrees. Imagine the guys in the ring. 39 degrees. I fought, I think it was 40 or 41 degrees in the Concord Pavilion one night when they put me out there in the main event. Uh, in 84 when I fought Crabtree in, in the 84 Golden Glove Championships. But uh, I think it was like 40, 41 degrees out there. So I know what fighting in the cold is. But fighting for a long time in the cold, like Roberto and Ray that night. Well, Ray was slick. Ray had a blanket in his corner. Roberto just sat there. It wasn't one of Roberto's greatest nights. There's no doubt about that. Of course, that was just 10 months or, uh, yeah, 10 months after he put together that fantastic win against Iran Barkley. But, you know, like Larry Merchant said about Roberto Duran, he has problems putting together two good fights in a row. He just can't, just can't do it. You know why? Because discipline, lack of discipline, no doubt about that. Steve Miocic and Cormier, of course, going the third time for the World Heavyweight Championship, also on the card. And they've got to do this because I guess they're hurting Junior Dos Santos. Of course, the guy that's going to be like selling crayons pretty soon. If he can sell crayons, he knows what the different colors are. Because I'm telling you, this guy's just taking too much punishment. He took an ass-whooping from Cain Velasquez, one or two of them. But the second one, I think was, yeah, the second one, it was just so brutal. He knocked Cain out the first time. But the second one was so brutal, I never want to see a guy ever fight again. And, of course, but he's fighting a guy that's basically um, a mark. You guys know what a mark is? A mark is a guy that's sort of um, that's suspected of taking a dive. I'm talking about Jezero Runzenek. Remember him? And he was going to fight. He fought uh, Francis Ngannou a, f- a couple of months ago. And I said, listen, this guy's going to. He's a stand-up kickboxer. He should go in like less than 50 seconds. I think he went in like 25 seconds. So they're bringing him back. After you get knocked out by, you know, the biggest puncher in the, in the heavyweight division in the UFC, they bring you back because they want you to shine against Junior Dos Santos. That's Dana White's matchmaking. They're trying to run Dana one more time, uh, trying to run Junior Dos Santos one more time for the title. Also on the card, a colorful guy, a, a bit of a weird dude. Yeah, he's a weird dude. Sean O'Malley. I've had him on the show in the past. I've had a couple of clips from him, and he's really a weird dude. He's got tattoos on his face. and Not to saying that the tattoos on your face aren't cool, but some people, to me, it's a little, uh, a little weird. Anyway, he's taking on Marion Vera. That's going to be a 135-pound fight. He says he's ready for a title shot. We'll see what's happening as far as that's concerned. The world of the USC um, continues to rock on. Of course, they've got dates all the way through October 24, 2020. They really don't have sites for all these dates except for Las Vegas. They're trying to think that Las Vegas is going to come back. They hope that Las Vegas won't open up the casinos uh, as far as the arenas are concerned. And if you have social distancing and you have a a 20,000-seat arena and you only put 25% of the people in there, how are you gonna? I, what are you gonna make? Make tickets a thousand instead of a hundred dollar ticket? A ticket's a thousand bucks or something like that. I just don't know if it's feasible. Again, you've got to go back to the economics of this, and guys have got to take less money all around. Now Dana White's been getting guys to take less money for a long time. I'm not. When I say guys need to take less money, everybody but guys in the UFC. Guys in the UFC and the women in the UFC need to get paid more. I mean, if you go and have a fight of the night and score like the sensational knockout, this and then, Uncle Danny gives you $50,000. 
Oh boy, an extra fifty thousand bucks. Come on, man. You're talking about a multi million the reason why the USC's putting these fights on ESPN is that they're getting paid to do it. In other words, ES they don't they don't have to make money anymore. The money's there, the contract's there. Dana's bringing in all this money, of course. $4.2 billion that sold this company for. That's $4,200 million. Where's the money going to the fighters? It's not. Jorge Masvidal, of course, Dana having the cop after this past pay-per-view. They admit that he was probably responsible for, get this, get this, get this, four to 500,000 pay-per-view buys. They, see, they say the total event is less than a million. Uh, around the world, it's something like 1.3 million in pay-per-view buys, but a mil- a million, around a million buys here in the United States and $500,000 was, was attributed to the madman himself, Jorge Masvidal. So more power to him on that. As far as the UFC rocking and rolling with entertainment, I watched parts of last night's card, and it was a decent card, I guess, if you're an MMA guy. But I just didn't. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, you almost need Viagra now to watch some of these UFC cards. And I don't mean to say that. I, I'm not trying to, to, to knock the fighters or anything like that. It's just that they're just... You've got to have some names here. Like last night, the name on the card, Joseph Benavides, of course, he was the former flyweight contender from Team Alpha Male in Sacramento, California. He and Uriah Faber were teammates. Of course, he lost in a rear naked choke in the first round to Davidson Figueroa. More power to Mr. Figueroa. More power to him there. Of course, that was the first round, 448 in. Jack Hammerson beat Kelvin Gasolum. That was a submission as well. A heel hook. That was in the first round, 116 in. Mm. Gaslam was just fading. He just they had, he had didn't he have a title shot that was canceled? And once that title shot got canceled, some the guy got sick or something like that. He sort of never got on the good foot after that. But Kelvin Gaslam probably thinking about getting a day job. I think. Sorry, man. I just got to tell you because you know if you take the, listen, if you ever worked in a store, you have a cash register, like a Seven Eleven store or a donut shop or a candy store. So when you come in in the morning, you start putting cash in the register, and if you sell enough donuts. You're going to have enough cash to the point where you can't put any more cash in the, in the drawer. It won't close because there's too much cash. So you have to. That's what happens to fighters. They, they, can, they can take it. They can take it. They can take it. And then there comes a point in time in their life where they can't take it anymore. And, of course, we're talking about, man, think about that, Jose Aldo. I mean, Scarface, two and what, three – Two and four in his last six fights. Lost that fight to Peter Yar last week. Last week Stopped in the third round, of course, a battle for the USC Bantamweight Championship. And the fact that the USC can call these titles their own, you know, that's, it's not an MMA championship. That's, there is no MMA world champion. Somebody said to me the other day, is there a world championship in the MMA? Not really, because the USC is all like, it's like they control everything. They control the belts. They control what you wear. They control, the, I mean, you know, they, they did a new rebuy. They did a new deal. Remember they had that, that advertising deal where, where, uh, where each fighter can go in wearing his own trunks, and on the back of his trunks will say Scott Cuddy bail bonds. You know, something like that, right? Or Pedro Fernandez haircuts or something like that. It would say that on the back of the guy's trunks or in, in his corner man on the back of their, their glass, uh, back of their jackets and this and that. Some of those guys, like Brendan Schaub, the stand-up comedian. Now, what a great how he is, a former heavyweight UFC fighter. But um, he was getting like eighty to $90,000 a fight for his advertising. So then the UFC said, no, 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 no. You got to wear a Reebok. Well, how much was Reebok giving him? Five grand, 10 grand. That's what these guys were getting out of those sponsors. So they went from 100 grand to 10 grand. USC just taking more of the money. And I explained this to you before that the USC, the entire dollar, if you were to look at a USC dollar, only 8 to 12 cents. Now Dana's willing to say 18 cents goes to the fighters. 
only one-fifth goes to the fighters. These guys going out there and involved in death matches week after week. you got to be kidding me. These are, this, is, this is not a regular sparring session. Things happen. In other words, I watch these guys in training, and people say to me, they must train like animals. Well, they don't train nearly as hard as they fight, or they'd be dead men, okay? But it, it, the residual effects of one ass whipping is just incredible in the manner in which they take place. And speaking of ass whoopings, you know, you look at the Dana White's cards that he's putting on here in Dubai. If you go through the entire card, anybody without a bio on Wikipedia lost. With the exception of Amir Abazi, he fought a guy by the name of Malcolm Gordon, and both those guys didn't have Wikipedia bios, but um, uh, Amir, law, Amir won. But outside of that, everybody that Dana brings in, Carlos Felipe, I keep going and going, but Louis, Luana Carlina, he brings in all these stiffs. They're stiffs. They're, you, they're MMA marks. They're stiffs. In other words, what he accused boxing of, he's doing. He's doing it. He's bringing in stiffs. I mean, you know... There, there's, if you're the biggest MMA company in the entire world and you've got billions of dollars to throw around this and that, why are you bringing in stiffs? Why are we watching stiffs? Dana, I'm not a big fan of yours. I think you know that. Straight up, you're a pimp. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Mr. Dana White, wherever you are, I have a hit list, but I want to start getting paid. I want to start making heavyweight money. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey. Want a drink? No, thanks. I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 
800-593-7491. Call now. Come on, Ricky, I don't have all day. <gasps> Did she just drop my bag? Nope. You I'm do just know working there's out. like $5,000 I'm there. working out. This is as much workout as I need to wrestle a blind man. <laughs> That's funny. Selena, what is that white stuff? Snow. I've never seen snow before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I can I eat snow? Well, yeah, but not the yellow. <laughs> what the f*** are you doing? Hurry up! Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. There is no rumor and no merit to the rumor that's my ex-girlfriend, Selena De La Rente. No, I wouldn't get treated like that, but you know what? I'm telling you, she is one hell of a lady. Both her personality and her athletic persona, I give her a prop score. She's part of the... Uh, Major League Wrestling crew there on uh, with uh, check them out on YouTube.com. Straight up, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. If you're watching the Twitch.tv broadcast right now, of course, we're coming to you uh, from Manila. In other words, not really, but we're watching the Manila fight, the thrill in Manila, the third fight between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, of course, 1975. Both guys were absolutely past their peak. They were both so shot. It was unbelievable. They had bullet holes and both guys going in. Uh, but, you know, the when two old guys get together, they put together a decent fight because they're putting together, you know, they both have diminished skills. When you have diminished skills, you have to stand in one spot and fight. And they did a lot of phone booth fighting in that one, no doubt about that. Henry Cahuto, you heard him before the break, of course. Uh, he said he, he has just given up the UFC flyweight championship. Of course, that Devinson Figueroa grabbed that title last night. He gave up that title. He gave up the 135-pound title. But what I think is happening here, and if he's a smart dude, he's probably learning from the Hector Camacho school of boxing. And why do I say that? Because back in the 1980s, Hector Camacho was a WBC 130-pound champion, and Don King had a slave contract with him. Don King, slave contract? Not really. No, come on. It's not possible, Pedro. Anyway, so that's what Hector tells me, that Don King's had a slave contract with him. As long as he's WBC champion, uh, Don King owns Hector. Okay? So Hector says, okay, I'll give up the championship. So he gives up the championship, and Don King scratches his head. Well, how the hell did I lose my most popular Well, I had to talk to my lawyer on that one. Yeah, anyway, Don, but the bottom line is your lawyer got lit up on that one. Camacho won that one, of course. At the end of the day, I think that's what Henry Cahuto is trying to do, giving up the 135-pound championship and the 125-pound championship. He gives up both his titles. Maybe he's no longer indebted via contract to the UFC. And, of course, the UFC is concerned. What can I tell you? They put pimps in San Francisco. They make those guys seem generous. They just do. When you're giving somebody, I mean, if you had... I mean, if any employee, if you think about this, folks, any employee that you got, any employee that you got, if you were to give them eight cents on a dollar, eight to 12 cents on a dollar, you'd know you'd be underpaying them, wouldn't you? No doubt about that. This is Ring Talk, live worldwide, hour number one of two today, live on Sports Byline and iHeartRadio, of course, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Channel 211. A um, couple things. What was the best swimming pool I ever swam at? I didn't swim at the pool. I think I told the story before. But I was at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada in 1995, I believe. And I was married. No, 80, 87. And I was married. And I'm um, having a problem with the ex-wife ringside. She was the ex-wife now. But she was acting ex-wife then, right? So David Copperfield comes by the magician. I go, Mr. Copperfield, Mr. Copperfield, can you do one thing for me? He goes, what's that, sir? I go, can you make her disappear? Stay tuned for hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But The Secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports, brought to you by the WBO, the World Boxing Organization. Pedro, let me, let me tell you, congratulations on your long time in radio. You are your team, and for your ratings, man, I was reading about that. I'm very uh, impressed with you, Pedro. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and Internet history. I don't want to, to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, to, to make people happy, and I, I just do my best. Pedro Fernandez. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another, but I'm going to get the job done. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios in San Francisco, California. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35, make that 36 plus years now of being often imitated but never duplicated. Here I sit high atop my throne. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We're doing a live broadcast right now, of course, live all over the world via twitch.tv. Check out the Sports Byline USA channel, of course. We'll do a live broadcast on twitch.tv this hour, and we'll feature Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas. In other words, we'll take my ugly mug off the camera in about two or three minutes and go straight with Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas. Of course, the meltdown in Tokyo, the end of Mike Tyson's undefeated run back February 1990, man. What can I say? Buster Douglas came to fight. Mike Tyson came to fight, but... Buster was better tonight, no doubt about it. We'll show that live. I took it back. We'll show that live, the film of that, on the Twitch.tv Sports Byline USA channel. As far as the radio end of this concern, we'll bring in, uh, of course, we'll hear a little, just a little bit, a little bit of Mike Tyson. We'll hear a little about Mike Tyson. Of course, Mike Tyson, the former world heavyweight champion, talking about a comeback. People are excited about that. That's what people talk to me about on the street. Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. And I say to myself, why are we talking about a 52-year-old guy? Well, it's Mike Tyson, you know, and people say he's really popular. And I don't know how popular he is because he was, he was on All Elite Wrestling a few weeks ago, and they had dismal numbers. They didn't get any big numbers with him, and it was all kinds of advertisement that he was going to be on the show. So what Mike Tyson used to be worth at one point in time, he might not be worth at this time in 2020. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live, coming to you from the Sports Byline Studios here in the city of By the Bay. Ring Talk Live Worldwide continues after the break. Here comes the decision now. Let's listen. 
clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right, the World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Between jobs, retiring, or just need health or life insurance, please visit myhealth-coach.com or call 833-687-5261. Before you try to get a quote online, call us. We will provide you with the information most sites will not. We teach you exactly what life or health insurance plan you qualify for, how to use your plan, and maximize your benefits. We provide you with the information to make a knowledge-based decision to ensure selecting the right plan. Myhealth-coach.com to schedule an appointment. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober, and all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. Don't miss Lowe's Just for Pros event. Going on now. Check out Simpson Strong Tie, new at Lowe's. Also get big savings on other brands you trust, like Metabo HPT. Powerful brands, new services, and pro-grade deals, all at Lowe's Just for Pros event, now through July 24th. See why we're the new home for pros. Get your choice of a Metabo HPT 18-volt brushless cordless impact driver kit or hammer drill kit for $159. Was $239. Kit includes two batteries. Valid through 724. Selection varies by location. I went to penitentiary. Gene Wilder, I did a movie. I went to, not me personally. I mean, I went to do a film in penitentiary. Um, <laughs> and it was, I was up there six weeks, Arizona State Penitentiary. It was something. Oh, you're applauding for that? <laughs> Arizona State Penitentiary, real popular. <laughs> oh, man, it was strange because it's like 80% black people. And what's strange about that is that there are no black people in Arizona. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Clap your hands, sir. Stop being racist. Clap your hands. The Sports Byline USA Twitch.tv channel, of course, has got Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas hooking it up, of course, for the World Heavyweight Championship. February 1990, Mike's in the pre-fight rambles right now, but 
We will show it in entirely on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel, this hour, of course, accompanying the Ring Talk audio. Now, let me tell you about a guy that I met back in 1984. I'm sitting in a big hot tub at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And I was fortunate enough to hang out with these guys like Mike Tyson and Mark Breland and people like that. And Michael Nunn was there. Michael Nunn, of course, would become the uh, future IBF world middleweight champion, 160-pound champion, Michael second and none from Davenport, Iowa. So anyway, Mike Tyson and Michael Nunn were going back and forth. They were in a capping session. You know how you, you cap on guys like, you know, my, your mother's got six feet or something like that, blah, blah, blah. You know, go back and forth insulting each other. Well, anyway, Mike Tyson said, I knew your mother when she was hoeing. He said that to Michael Nunn. And Michael Nunn got up and walked across the, Michael Nunn got up and walked across, there was this big old hot tub, it's like as big as a swimming pool, okay? So Michael Nunn gets up and walks across the, the tub and tells Mike Tyson to get up because he's going to fight Mike Tyson over that. And there's all kinds of exchanges going back and forth, I mean, filthy words, the whole nine yards, all coming from Michael Nunn. Mike Tyson didn't say a word. So I'm saying to myself, man, Mike might be a little bit of a punk here, not at least getting up against a guy that weighs 50 pounds less than him. At least I, I'd at least said something back after talking all that smack. Anyway, Mike didn't do it. So Michael Nunn ends up turning pro. Doesn't make the 1984 Olympic team, neither did Mike Tyson. Ends up turning pro, ends up being, six, I think he went a record of 62-4 and four with like 37 wax scores, the, the IBF middleweight champion. So he knocks out Sambu Colombe in March of 1989. March of 1989, and he knocks him out in one or two rounds in Las Vegas. And, and me and Ray Lander were there doing the TV together. And, of course, I, uh, no, I was doing the international. Ray was doing the, the regular HBO, I believe. And uh, so me and Ray hook up at Botany's Disco a little bit later, a little bit later in the night. Of course, Botany's was a place that we used to have the run of. I'm talking about myself, Ray Lander, and Aaron Pryor, people like that. There was those of us who were hip. We had our own little click at Botany's and, just, and the Shark Club as well. But Botany's really, there was no doubt about it, that was our, 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 our turf. No doubt about that. So anyway, so Ray shows up to Botany's one night and Michael Nunn shows up about 15 minutes later. So I'm sitting there with Ray and we got some girls at the table. And I say to Ray, you know, I said, you know, Michael Nunn, Michael Nunn thinks you're scared of him. I'm just talking smack. Michael Nunn thinks you're scared of him, especially after that knockout, one-punch knockout tonight, Ray. I mean, you aren't talking about fighting Colin Bay. I mean, um, you aren't talking about fighting uh, Colin Bay or Michael Nunn. So bottom line is they say that, you know, it's perceived that you're scared of Michael Nunn. So Ray's, I guess, had a couple of drinks, this and that, and he's feeling good about himself, this and that, right? So Ray goes over and gets right in Michael Nunn's face. I mean, these guys were nose-to-nose, man. Nose-to-nose. Here I am starting trouble in the disco in Las Vegas, but nose-to-nose. They never ended up fighting. The reason why I bring up Michael Nunn is that Michael Nunn, of course, was, as I said, a boxing prodigy in the amateurs out of Davenport, Iowa. There was a guy that, that's sort of like a stepfather to him. It was a guy by the name of Bob Surkine, S-U-R-K-E-I-N, I believe, and he was a Southern California boxing official, if I remember it right, Southern California amateur boxing official. But he took Nunn under his wing, and he sort of looked after Nunn. He just did. And I remember him telling me in about 1987, 88, somewhere around there, you know, the worst thing that happened to Michael Nunn because he was in, he was working in training out of uh, Rosita, California, with the Goosens. He said the worst thing that happened to none is that he would return to Davenport, Iowa. And I didn't know what he meant because Davenport, Iowa, is not considered like Detroit or you know, I mean, some some ghetto hotbed or something like that. But anyway. Um, after his career was over, Michael Nunn did return to Davenport, Iowa, and guess what? Bob Serkine's words rang true because evidently Michael sold a cocaine or tried to buy a, a kilo of cocaine off a cop and ended up getting eight or ten years for it. I kid you not. Like eight or ten or twelve years for trying to buy a kilo of cocaine. I kid you, you know, but it, it just went down that way because of the fact that 
Michael Nunn had other issues with the doubt with the uh, issue with the authorities in Davenport, Iowa. In other words, he was a bit of a punk. Thought he was a little bit too cool, a little bit too tough, a little bit too rough, went a little bit too street. So anyway, he goes to prison for a long time. He gets out, and this past uh, Saturday night, he ends up getting into a, a match. They have a match, a kickboxing match, with uh, Pat Militich. Matt Militich has been on the show in the past. Of course, the former UFC champion. Was UFC champion? I think it was UFC champion. Anyway, long in the tooth, no doubt about that. He's going to be about 55, 58 years old, and, and I think none somewhere around 52, 53. Anyway, bottom line is they went in a kickboxing match last night, and Michael Nunn won a split decision. So I guess we want to congratulate Michael Nunn for that. But at the end of the day, man, he really could have been something. I mean, he lost to James Tony, and it just his world fell apart. I mean, it just did, and I think it all had to do with the fact that there may have been some Colombian dust involved. And any time you get Colombian dust involved in boxing, man, bad things happen. They just do. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody. Hector Camacho. I mentioned him a little earlier. The Macho Man, the Harlem Heckler. You love that nickname I gave him, right? Cocaine, it killed him. I mean, that was I mean, killed his boxing career. Of course, that made him like the unmacho man when he fought Edwin Rosario and got lit up in the fifth round by that left hook. That sort of took the macho out of Hector Camacho. From that point forward, he sort of fought safety first. Okay, so it was a macho-less Hector Camacho. But I think a lot of that was brought on by the fact that he was so blow. I mean, blow was blow was blow was part of his. Hey, I'm not saying he had blow for breakfast cereal like Cheerios and things like that and Raisin Bran, but. Pretty close to it. I mean, Camacho dug his blow. When he wasn't fighting, he dug his blow. And he, when he was fighting, he dug his blow. Because I told you about the time that we were in, where were we in? Saying Carolina, Puerto Rico. Actually, San Juan, Puerto Rico. But I think the fight arena was in Carolina, Puerto Rico. This was circa 2000, 2002, somewhere around there. Anyway, um, Camacho's not coming to the fight. What do you mean Camacho's not coming to the fight? He's in the main event against Jorge Vaca, mm, former WBC welterweight champion out of Mexico. So, Camacho and this guy are going to go 12 rounds or less in a main event, right? Well, Camacho's not going to show up. He's all coked out in the hotel. He won't leave the hotel. He's coked out. Harold Smith comes in and tells me, Pedro, you're going to have to do the show without Camacho. I mean, wait, wait, wait. we can't do the show without Camacho. I can't tell. I'm going to tell, like, you want me to tell the 5,000? That's what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to tell the 5,000 people in attendance that Camacho wasn't coming. Are you crazy? I'm going to tell 5,000 Puerto Rican boxing fans that the guy they bought a ticket for is not coming? you got to be kidding me. And then he added this, this sort of uh, this, this addendum to it. Um, by the way, if Camacho ain't coming, you ain't getting paid. Say what? I've been in Puerto Rico for like a month and a half. I'm not getting paid. you got to be kidding me. So anyway, I got in the limo, took my ass back to the hotel, went up to Hector's room, banged on the room, banged on the room, banged on the room, banged on the door, started kicking the door. Yeah, I mean, I was making all kinds of noise out there. Hector wasn't answering the door because he was all blowed out on the other side, okay? Wasn't answering the door. Finally, I guess it drove him crazy because I just wouldn't go away. I just kept kicking the door. Finally, he opened the door, and here I'm sitting there in a tuxedo shirt, no tie, just a tuxedo shirt, sweating my ass off because, man, if this guy doesn't come to the arena, I'm not going to get my money. Bottom line is I don't have any money. I can't even get on an airplane to get out of here, okay? Is the airplane ticket going to be any good if the, if the Camacho fight doesn't come through? So anyway, I get in the, the room with him, and I go into the room, and it's like a suite. And Camacho's got this coffee table, this kitchen table there, and he's got blow laid out on the kitchen table. I mean, blow laid out, big fat lines. So, you, know, you ever seen what a big pen looks like? You want a big pen? Imagine a big pen in your mind in your mind right now. He had cocaine lines the size of big pens. 
two or three of them, right? And I said to myself, oh, that doesn't look good. That doesn't look good. That doesn't look good. Because I know what's going on. He's obviously blowed out. So I'm begging him. I'm telling him, listen, man. I said, you know, I'm not going to be able to feed my kid. My ex lady is going to shut me down. They're going to take away my driver's license for not paying child support. I've been here a month and a half. i got to come back with some money, Hector. And they're not going to give me any money if you don't come to fight. Bro, please. Do I have to get on my knees? I mean, what do I need to do, Hector? you got to come fight for me. Please, please. So anyway, he looks at me. He takes the blow, does one long line, two long lines, two long lines, three long lines, the last line, okay, we're going to the arena. 30 seconds later, guess what, folks? We're on our way to the arena. Hector's flying, no doubt about that. He's flying about Hector the Macho Man Camacho. So that was it. That's sort of how the Jorge Vaca came to fruition, the Jorge Vaca came to fight, came to fruition. What did Hector do in the first round? He headbutted Mr. Vaca, and the fight was over in like in 15 seconds. At the end of the day, Hector showed up. I got paid. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how Simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call. That's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. Here's a great way to save money on your prescription medications. If you take Viagra or Cialis, we can give you a way to pay as little as $2 a pill. Compare that to prices as high as $60 per tablet. These pills work for men and women to improve their sexual performance. And now for the price of two or three pills, you can get nearly 100. There's no need to pay expensive prices for Viagra or Cialis. Call now with your prescription and pay as little as $2 a pill. We offer 24-7 service and always free delivery and confidential packaging. Change your life for the better and have fun. Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping. 800-709-4409. That's 800-709-4409. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. 
The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. I had no choice. The Macho Man, Hector Camacho, born May 24th, 1962, died on my birthday. This was sort of killed choker. November 24th, 2012. Shot in the car. Of course, cocaine was in the car. They were doing some blow. Guys were sharing a couple of lines. This guy was sharing, a Camacho was sharing lines with the driver. The driver was an alleged drug dealer or a king, drug kingpin, call him what you want. But anyway, on my birthday in 2012, there's Camacho sitting in this car. I think it was Carolina, Puerto Rico. And the guy shot both guys and shot Camacho. And Emily got shot in the face, man. And that was all she wrote. The the Camacho man was dead. Of course, God, that's hard to believe. 88 fights and all. 88 fights. Holy cow. 79 wins, six losses. I think he was only, I think he, I don't think he was ever stopped. But the bottom line is the end of the day, the macho man, uh, of course, had a son that fought, Hector Macho Jr., but not really all that macho. He and I, of course, had our clashes. We sat together for the Trinidad Hopkins fight back in 19, in 2001. We sat together, and I realized that night that the kid was never going to be what the father was. Anyway, straight up, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You know, Mike Tyson's been in the news lately, no doubt about that. I mean, he's talking about comebacks and talking about his life now and karma and meditation. Of course, he still smokes a lot of weed, which I think is really cool. But the bottom line is we're talking about Mike in prison today. Well, former heavyweight boxing champ Mike Tyson certainly knows all about the harsh sound of those prison doors slamming behind him. Tyson spent a grueling three years in prison. It put his life in a tailspin. Well, I spoke with Iron Mike about the prison stint that forever changed his life for the better. He went to prison for three years after being convicted of raping a beauty pageant contestant. And I know you still maintain your innocence in that case. But if you would, take me back to the moment. 
you step into that cell, the door closes behind you. What's going through your mind at that time? Well, you know, I'm very depressed. I'm really prepared for it, so I was prepared to go through the situation. But um, I just want to live in my life every day. That's what you have to do. Everything you had outside, you have to check it at the door and go into this place a different person. You were living, though, this life of luxury before that, a very out loud life of everything you could possibly have wanted. Give me a sense of what the adjustment was like, having to turn all that in. Well, um, I was living a life of luxury in prison, too, just not the same as I was outside. I didn't have any cars and stuff. But um, I, had, um, I had food. I was able to get what I wanted. I could do what I wanted. I had, I had girlfriends. You know, I, so it wasn't like I... Oh, it's still not like your freedom. All that stuff is just not like your freedom. You, you say a life of luxury in prison, and I imagine I'd speak to a lot of other prisoners and they wouldn't have the same recollection of their experience. Is that because you are Mike Tyson and, and perhaps people were eager to give you more things than others would receive? Well, I don't know. That, could, that had a lot to do with it probably. But also I know how to talk to people. You know, I'm not a, a big shot. I'm not no gangster. So I, I know how to talk to people so things get done. And what was a day like, a typical day for you there? In prison? Yeah. Um, I get up, go to the gym, work out, come back, get on the telephone, make phone calls, go to school, go to visits. Did you at any point feel like you had to prove yourself to anybody, or, or did people steer clear of you because, hey, you're Mike Tyson? No, no, I was just, um, I was a simple guy. I'm, I didn't have to fight nobody. They invited somebody, hey, I don't do the other guy to fight. They, you know, I was just a simple guy. I wasn't no big shot in prison. I wasn't no gangster, tough guy. I was just a simple guy in there. But, but, but people must have treated you differently. And, and I was actually curious if anybody you ever found at any time came gunning for you because you were Mike Tyson, and maybe they felt like they had something to prove. No, I, I never had that feeling either. No, I never had any problem in prison. If it is, it, if there were any, it's because I started them, you know, sometimes I get carried away. You got out of prison after serving three of a, a six-year yes. sentence. And in your one-man show, you talk about how you still came out of prison an incredibly wealthy man. I want to take yeah. a look at that. So after I left prison, I have to admit I was scared. You ain't going to believe this shit. I had around 380 to $400 million in my bank account, right? Me. And not a clue how I was going to survive the next 400 seconds. What, what exactly do you mean? Well, I was getting prepared to come outside. I was, I, was, uh, I was pretty institutional. I was comfortable in prison. You know, everything, you know, I had no stress. Outside in the world, I had nothing but stress when I was out there last time. And um, I, know, I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I, and, and, um, and I was disastrous when I came out. I won a lot of money, but I was just, it, I was, I, it's, the life was too fast for me when I came out. What was the toughest part of the adjustment back afterwards? Yes, um, people. People um, and violent. When I came out of prison, I was really violent for some reason. I mean, it's violent. And um, I got in a lot of trouble, of course, you know, because I was violent when I came out. And I think I was real bitter when I came out. That's the reason I was that way. Are you bitter now? Because a lot Not of... Not now. I'm hear, back in 95. Of, when I came out of prison, I was yeah. a maniac. Well, was it based on... Because you do hear a lot of people who've come out of the system who feel like, especially if they maintain their innocence, that they were robbed of this time, in your case, three years of, of their life. Do, do you still feel any of, of that now? Oh, yeah. I, I feel that 100%. But um, I don't hold that to no bitterness. That's just something... That's just... 
it occurred, it happened, a moment in time, it's a wrap, it's over. I'm doing this stuff now. I can't get that time back. This is what I'm doing now. Would I be correct in my assessment, looking at you and talking to you and feeling your energy that perhaps you're in the best part of your life right now? At this stage of my life, it has to be. I've never been in love, you know, I've been in love with many women. It's not hard for me to be in love with anyone, but I've never been committed to any of them. I've always cheated on them, gave them venereal diseases or something, and I've never, you know, this is just what it is with my wife. We're together, and this is our, this is just what we're going to do. We're gonna, hopefully, God willing, we'll spend our lives together. That's just, um, the whole idea of that is just so um, riveting to me, that we'll that we're stay together till one of us dies. She's a doctor. Give her some props because she's really put Mike together. I mean, Mike, of course, was on Prozac. Remember when Robin Gibbons put him on TV? It was like with Barbara Walters, something like that. And he was all drugged up on Prozac and, or, no, lithium. That's what it was. She said it was lithium. So it was, she gave him some lithium before. And he was like, eh, hello, Robin. And it was pretty sad. Anyway, bottom line is Mike's rebounded well. He really has. I mean, people say to me he would be dead by 50 and he wouldn't make 45. And there were people saying he wasn't going to make 40. I mean, all this Smack! Mike has, Mike has come back, and Mike has come back and come back well. Alabama Boxing Hall of Fame inductions. want to mention this. I don't know why they, they have all these guys standing together, but they do evidently 2020 uh, Saturday at the Sky South Gym in Coffeyville, Alabama. These gentlemen were inducted to the Alabama Boxing Hall of Fame, and I do want to mention them in particular because of the fact that Frankie Randall was one of the people that were inducted. Frankie Randall was the first man to ever beat Julio Cesar Chavez. I mean, he beat Chavez down. And then in the rematch, he was kicking Chavez's ass, and Jose Suleman pulled some smack and took a couple of points, and they did some crazy scoring. At the end of the day, Randall didn't get the fight. Chavez got the fight even though he turned away and it was cut and bleeding. It, you know, it was like a ripoff. It was like one of the biggest ripoffs I've ever witnessed in my life in boxing. I mean, Chavez, Chavez was the benefactor, of course, with the Pernell Whitaker fight as well that was held that went in Texas. But, but I'm telling you, this, anyway, anyway, Frankie Randall got really screwed. They didn't fight again for another 10 years. I think they fought a third time. But Randall had crack problems, crack cocaine problems. Couldn't handle the fact that, you know, I mean, here he had drawn this, this, this royal flush playing, playing poker. He had drawn this royal flush, and he lost to a guy that had a pair of deuces. I mean, that's what it was. That's what it's like when you get screwed in boxing. People don't understand what I'm trying to say like that. Imagine this. You're a blackjack player. Or you go, the object is to get blackjack, which means a king and an ace, or a ten and an ace means 21, you're going to win. It's your blackjack, okay? That means you're an instant winner. But not in, if you're, not in the scoring of boxing because you can have the instant win in your mind and then some guys who beat you with a 16 or a 17. It seems physically, it seems emotionally impossible, but it happens all the time. In fact, people say to me, do you remember the fights? Do you remember the fights? You know what I remember about the big, I remember some of the, the controversial fights that I lost. That's what I remember the most. Well, I remember one referee pulled a, pulled a stop and I shoved him right after the stop. He pulled a stop and I shoved him. I had knocked this guy down in the first round, had him on the deck and they didn't like the fact that I stood over him. So I guess I had an attitude over that. They pushed me back away. We came back, we fought. He landed one right hand and they jumped in to stop the fight. So I knew, I knew the fix, the fix was in. I shoved the referee right then and there. So I put hands on a referee, right? Which should have got me suspended. Guess what I got? It got the referee retrained. I was right on that point. Yeah, but you remember the times you got screwed? You just, you just do. I mean, you don't remember the times you lose when you lost? Yeah, you know, I remember losing decisively. But those times you got screwed, you just can't, you can't, I don't know how to measure it up against anything else. I really don't. A girlfriend cheating on you, right in front of you? No, that ain't that bad. 
Getting screwed in a boxing match is the absolute worst. It just is. You fought your heart out. You fought your soul out. This and that. You know you won. Everybody in the place knows you won, except a couple of judges want to go the other way because maybe they like the other guy's trunks. Straight up boxing, not as straight as you think it is. <laughs> really? You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right, the World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Tired of the same old hat? CoverageGear.com is the top destination to find the hats and gear you need to represent your favorite pro teams and players. Head to CoverageGear.com with the promo code radio and grab a cap with the iconic jersey number of the all-time greats and current stars from the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more. These classic hats come in the font and style of the superstars team. So with the number 30 from Golden State, number 2 from the Yankees, number 23 from the Bulls, or a number 12 from the Packers, CoverageGear.com will help you honor the legends of yesterday and today. Check out our collection of dad hats, trucker caps, beanies, stickers, and more. Use promo code RADIO and get 20% off. That's promo code RADIO at CoverageGear.com. CoverageGear.com. We've got you covered. Hello and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week, and I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now and tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-715-5721. That's 855-715-5721. iHeartRadio, an app so powerful, it holds 20 million songs from 450,000 artists, thousands of the best live radio stations, custom stations, and stations created just for you. It's anywhere and it's everywhere. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. 
While I consider myself a student of political assassinations of the 1960s, there are other people on this planet that consider me an expert. Straight up, I had a great time doing Black Op Radio a week ago. In this next segment, we are talking to Pedro Fernandez, who has been on the show a few times on Black Op Radio. I met him in San Francisco at one of the conferences, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Hello, Pedro. The godfather of the JFK movement right now. You are the guy. I'm talking about Mr. Lando Sennick. Pleasure to be here, sir. Good. I wanted to offer just some, you know, short amount of time to each guest that I've had on over the years, as this is our 1,000th show, 20 years in the making, I've been calling it for everyone. And mm. I know that you're a very positive about that, so I would just ask you maybe for some comments about Black Op Radio and then and what you see in, in research coming up. Well, well, let me start off with 50 reasons for 50 years. I thought that was probably something that should have won Emmys or some kind of awards, and somehow it just got ignored by the mainstream media, and shame on them for that, because it was probably one of the best productions that's ever been put forth. Black Op Radio, what can I say? It's my weekly uh, sort of fix. I'm sort of hooked on it. It's sort of like a like a heroin habit, but it's a good thing. Every Thursday night around 6 o'clock, 6.30 out here on the West Coast, it's time to listen to Len and whoever he happens to have on the air. Now, of course, um, I've been at this a long time. I was a first-minute first researcher when my principal came into my class in 1963. I was in the first grade and said, the president had been killed. I wanted to know why. And she said he was shot with a gun. So the only gunshots I had ever seen in my life on TV were like cowboys and Indians. So I thought that maybe somebody shot him like on the street, cowboys and Indian style. And of course, as you you know get into the subject and as you grow and as you mature, you read books like like Four Days by uh, UPI that sort of started it. And then I sort of got hooked on uh, Rush to Judgment and things like that. So before you know it, I was hooked and I was hooked hard. I just couldn't believe it because... You know, when, when you look at the, the case as a whole, that magic bullet, I know that's what brought Len into the game. That was, that's, that's like beyond, I, I, you know, you really got to be somewhere in another planet to try to believe that one, okay? And, and the bullet itself doesn't match the rifle, so therefore that's sort of like history. Um, Mr. Oswald, or Lee Harvey Oswald, has a, was James Wilcott of the CIA, he was a CIA payroll officer, said in 1978 before the House Assassinations Committee, that Oswald was a paid uh, agent of the CIA, a paid operative. And then, of course, you got Jay Lee Rankin saying in that 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 uh, Warren Commission memo that they had his CIA payroll number. So all this stuff has been out there for years, and and, and it's just it, it just it just blows my mind that nobody wants to pick it up. I think that the the crux of the case was broken. Jack White told me this about 25 years ago. He said, "Listen, he goes, I'm going to die soon." He was he he didn't die for another ten years. He goes, I'm going to die soon. He goes, the guy you need to keep your money on is John Armstrong. I said, what do you mean? He goes, he's the guy. He's the only guy that's got money. He he can't be influenced by anybody. He's got he's got his own money. He doesn't he can't be influenced. He goes and he's he's anal. He goes, he's more anal than I am. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, listen. He crosses every T and dots every I, not once but twice. So that sort of got me into the Harvey and Lee book and started reading that and started realizing, you know, this sort of this sort of uh, uh, answers a lot of questions. I mean, Harvey getting on the bus and then getting off the bus and getting in uh, the cab, William Whaley's cab and taking it over there to uh, to, to Beckley Street there and out in Oak Cliff. And then, of course, you've got Lee Oswald coming down the grass and getting into a, a, a Rambler car, a Rambler station wagon that was witnessed by Roger Craig. Now, you can't have it both ways. 
either there is a Harvey and a Lee or there isn't. And I think that Mr. Armstrong has proved beyond a reason, beyond any shadow of a doubt that two of these guys existed. In fact, I can't think of his name right now, but he wrote this big, long book um, in Dallas about, about the Tibbet killing. And he wrote, he wrote, he spent 25 or 30 years on it. And then he had to admit afterwards that John Armstrong was right. He spent 35 years writing a book that, you know, Armstrong sort of like took a bow and arrow and shot, shot an arrow through. Yeah, are you, are you thinking uh, Joe McBride? Mr. McBride, exactly. I saw, you know what? I will say this. Of all the authors that I've ever come in contact with, he is one of the most honest guys I've ever met in my life because when he was wrong, he copped to it. All these other guys, like, you know, you try to get Josiah Thompson to admit the, the, the uh, Zabruder film is a cartoon, and he goes berserk. You try to get, you try to get um, Robert Groden to admit that the, the film is a hoax, that it's a fraud, that, that there's no way in the world, that there is absolutely no way in the world that film is 100% real. And I would stake my life on that. I wouldn't stake my life on too many things, but I would stake my life on that, okay? But then again, you know, you've got Robert Groden. That's been his, his pet peeve. His baby since what in the 1970s, so he can't come out and say that that film's a fake because it makes him look bad. And you and I know, Linda, that film's got more flaws in it than you can ever imagine. I mean, the shadows on the side of the car. Sometimes the car's dull on one side. Sometimes it's shiny. I mean, the bodies are moving all over the place. And then you've got people in the middle of the street that are bigger. People in the middle of the street that are 15 feet further than the car from the camera, and they're bigger than the people in the car. Len, I showed you that picture. Yeah, you did. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of anomalies in the in the film. I'll say that. You know, yeah. it's just. But it's anyway. Simple. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, but 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 that's the that's that's the film thing. But I do want to get into the fact that um, I've met some wonderful people in this industry, and I call it an industry. I call it the JFK assassination industry. We're we're a tight group, and you know I've I've been together with these guys since '93. We got together for the 30th anniversary in Dallas, Texas, and it's sort of like, sort of um, just sort of kept took on from there. But I want to mention some of the people that have passed on, and these guys were these guys these guys were all stars. These guys were like like all pros if there were football teams in the JFK assassination uh, community. Larry Howard and Larry Ray Harris. First, Larry Howard. He and Harris both ran the JFK Assassination Center in Dallas, and that was about a block and a quarter. I think it was on the corner of Main Street in Houston, the JFK Center, and it ran, it ran counterculture to the JFK Sixth Floor um, Museum, which stops at frame 312 or frame, 11, frame, frame 311 of the Zabruder film. In other words, you don't see anything past that as far as JFK getting shot, which way his head goes, which way the blood brain banner goes, none of that kind of good stuff, okay? But Larry Ray Harris... And Larry Howard, you know, they were both part of the Roscoe White thing. And Roscoe White was a cop in Dallas, Texas, who was hired about a month and a half before the assassination. He was also a Marine, and he was stationed with Lee Harvey Oswald in Japan. And if my memory serves me correct, there's a picture of Lee Harvey Oswald with uh, Mr. Roscoe White in the background, or Roscoe White's in the background, and Lee Harvey Oswald in the foreground. But the bottom line is, these guys had some relationship together. Okay, so this guy becomes a, a Dallas policeman. He gives work for the he works for the photographic department, and then we find out that his it's his body in the pictures. I mean, the the broken wrist that he had from that that uh, that accident in the army, uh, that big old lump on his arm, the fact that his chin is shaped the way it is. Oswald's chin is shaped, shaped totally different. And what did Oswald say when Captain Fritz showed him those pictures? Hey, that's not me. They took somebody else's head and put my they took somebody some of my head and put it on somebody else's body. 
that's not me. I mean, he was adamant from the start. He knew exactly what the game was. That's a very good observation. I don't want to go too long right now. I'm glad to have you on again if you want to go in depth in all these things. But I just want to you know, get an overview of, of where you think maybe uh, are you optimistic about the future? Are you think we're going to solve I'm, this? Uh, what's your thoughts? I, it's been solved. I mean, come on. I mean, it's been solved. I mean, I think Armstrong put this to bed a while back. If, you, if you've got Harvey and you've got Lee and you've got Harvey going over to Russia, and you've got Lee working here in the United States and hanging out with guys who are on Barney Miller's TV show and things like that. So you've got Lee here, you've got Harvey over there. I mean, there's, it, 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 I mean, the mafia cannot, cannot put together um, Harvey and Lee. I mean, they can't do it. I mean, they can't, I mean, no matter what you want to do, Sam Jam Giancana can't make um, this guy defect and go to the Russia and all this kind of, or allegedly defect and go to Russia. And, you know, you look at the the whole thing involving Oswald, the fact that that broad, Marina Oswald, his old lady, and I was there in 1993 when Mark Lane interviewed her at the um, at the Dallas conference. A bunch of guys interviewed her, four or five guys. Anyway, um, I think she was KGB. I mean, she met, she, listen, she met with the first defector and the third defector of the, when the defector program started rocking and rolling there in the late 1950s. So the fact that she met one guy in Minsk, I think, and one guy in, 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 in Moscow, Come on, man. I mean, what is a little, what is a little seventeen-year-old scallop or a seventeen-year-old girl, eighteen-year-old girl get bus fare or, or or even airfare to fly across the country? You make some good points. You make some good points. You, you know, know, as far as I'm... as far as yeah, you know that anyway. As far as the research, you know, you know, I beat up Posner in that debate, right? You know, Posner and those guys when I debated Gerald Posner on, I think it was the Gene Rogers show or something like that. I was kicking the <laughs> out of him, just beating his ass, uh-huh. and they thought. And, and they cut my phone off. They go, we can't hear Pedro. Something must have happened. Ah! And I'm talking. And then, I, yeah, anyway. Um, as far as the future is concerned, I think that young man that you had on the show a few weeks ago that has a thousand-page thousand page book available that's free. I can't think of his name right now. It slips my mind. But he was, uh, he was excellent. I think he's, he could be part of the future. I think John Armstrong is, is really, I mean, he, he, I, I, think it, I, I think that John's got it down. I mean, he, everything everything he's put on paper, I've been to Dallas 15, 20 times. I've read the Warren hearings, uh, all 52, all, all, all 26 volumes, 4.2 million words, something like that. Anyway, what a waste of time that was. But, um, um, you know, I think Armstrong's close. I think that uh, other guys are knocking on the door. But, you know, they're all, they all, it all has to, all has to come around to realizing there's Harvey and Lee. And that's what a lot of guys can't do because it sort of just, it, it puts a, it puts a hole in their story and they don't know how to make up for that hole. But outside of that, I think the research community is hungry and young, and except for that guy that used to be with the NSA that was at that, was at that meeting with us, and I won't mention his name and neither were you, in San Francisco, I think we're all pretty good, because except for him and one other guy in the room, I think everybody was on the same, we were all on the same page. I think there were two guys in there that were, um, how can I put this, that were on the other side of the other team. You hear where I'm coming from on that one? I, I Sorry, we got a bad connection. I can't hear you, Pedro. Exactly, exactly. Listen, Leno Sanic, Black Op Radio, Thursdays, I don't know what time zone you're in, what time of the world you listen to the show. You can listen to it live, you can listen to it delayed, you can listen to it archives, you can download it. The bottom line is Black Op Radio, as far as JFK assassination is concerned, this is the premier show. And I thank you so much for your time and having me on, Mr. Len. Okay, thank you. I'm looking forward to having you on again further on. In, uh, it's just a pleasure to talk to you. All the best, my brother. Okay, thank you.
You know, people say, eh, people say he's well-versed in boxing. No, I'm well-versed in political assassinations in the 1960s. I kid you not, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Not Malcolm X that much, but the Martin Luther King and the Bobby Kennedy assassinations, along with the JFK assassinations, I've studied them intently. I've studied government records that were released. I've studied autopsies, forensic reports, a whole nine yards. Of course, my police background sort of helps a little bit with that. But at the end of the day, who do I have to say? All three men were killed by elements of the U.S. government. Kennedy was killed in a VA coup. Bobby Kennedy was killed by CIA agents down there in L.A. I mean, uh, Mr. Morales, David Morales. Who was David Morales? He was Michael Carbajal's uncle. Michael Carbajal, the, the 1988 Olympic silver medalist or bronze medalist out of Felix, Phoenix, Arizona. That was his uncle. I kid you not. And David Morales told... The old man Carball, Carball's father, I think his name was Reuben, and Reuben told me that, that they, he admitted to killing Kennedy and that he was there in L.A. when they killed Bobby Kennedy, too. So we've got pictures of David Morales in the, in the Ambassador Hotel that night, June the 5th, 1968, and, of course, any cops do it with these guys. Got drunk a little bit. You know, when people talk. People get drunk, they talk. That's how it happened. So that's what it came out, David Morales. And then, of course, when he was, re, when he was buried, he died very mysteriously to David Morales uh, back in the 70s and late 1970s. And when, um, when uh, they had his funeral, they had 300 cars at his funeral, and they were all limousines that were brought in from other parts of the state. In other words, they didn't have enough limousines for all the secret agents that were going to be there. I kid you not. He was Mr. CIA. Had his own parking space at the CIA. I kid you not. David Morales. And, of course, that ties into boxing. And he was the uncle of Michael Little Hands of Stone Ross Carbajal. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking in the world of boxing, MMA. Touch a little gear there. Political assassination in the 1960s. I'm done with that. On the other side of the break, we'll talk Mike Tyson before we finish things up here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. 
When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I'm just ready to get it on and crush this guy's skull. ESPN Tuesday, July 21st, 2020, of course, from the bubble, the MGM Grand Las Vegas, Nevada, of course, said ESPN, ESPN Plus, you got the app that happens as well. Oscar Valdez in the main event, 27 and zip, taking on Jason Velez, 29 and 6. What can I say about this fight except that? Uh, Valdez is probably a 3-1 favorite. Uh, some of the other fighters on the card are really not big fighters. I said Dogbo was going to take on Chris Avalos. Avalos has lost two of his last three, so I don't know if he's going to win there or not. But Dogbo hasn't fought in like a, mm, about a year and a half now. And of course, got drubbed the last time out against the aforementioned Emmanuel Navarrete Martinez. Now, why, why, I wonder why he doesn't use that last name Martinez. He uses his mother's name, Navarrete. But the bottom line is, he is a disappointment of the week. The fact that he moved from 122 to 126 pounds without taking care of business at one 20 at 122 just shows me he doesn't have the intestinal fortitude. He's not the fighter that they thought he was because he could have made some big money. This would have been an all-Mexico type of shootout, man. Two Mexicans duking it out at 122 pounds. I mean, if you thought Gomez and Sanchez was big when, when Puerto Rico and Mexico went back and forth, this would have been like a civil war within Mexico, these two guys going back and forth. But it ain't going to happen, and that's too bad. The fights that ain't going to happen are the fights that we miss the most. The UFC, rock and roll, of course, next Saturday, of course, the last card from Dubai. Dubai, and if you ever need to go any place in the world, don't go to Dubai. Robert Whitaker, the former champion in the main event, he's the former middleweight champion, that's 180 pounds, 185 pounds, taking on Darren Till, Mauricio Shogun Rua, and the co-main event, he's got to be like 95 years old. He must be on, so if they have Social Security in Brazil, he's on it. And the other guy's got to have his his Social Security and Medicare as well. Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira. Talk about both guys going on like 90 years old. Hey, and Fabricio Verdum, the former champion, taking on a former light heavyweight contender, Alexander Gustafson. That's on ESPN, ESPN Plus, July 26th from Abu Dubai, Dubai. Bottom line is, don't ever go to Dubai. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. I thank you so much. There's a million things 
you're going to be doing right now. The fact you listen to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, well, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Scott Cuddy is our executive producer. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Don't forget, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, live on Sports Byline. And, of course, on Anchor.com, the podcast. You're tuned to Ring Talk.